1: Rebecca Lowe welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast where you can get the latest can't miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN and Peacock Premium but for now we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC
2: podcast
3: I think Jim Beglin said he spikes his teammates, Rebecca. Things happen. You were sitting there and said to me, he does everything so quickly. And, and because he plays with speed, because he thinks so quickly, his movement's so good. And it's one of those situations where if I pass a ball to you slowly, you control it and slowly pass it on. Whereas if I fire that ball with speed into you, you do the same thing. And, and he almost injects a pace into the attack, into the build-up. We see him getting um, opportunities. Both right foot and left foot trying, trying to join in. We know he's got an appetite for goals. He gets two of them on, on the day. Um, and, Rob, just, just continue to, to show his hunger and a desire for a guy who's 36 years of age.
4: Yeah, he's just super sharp, a a deadly finisher, always looking to get in behind, always wants to get shots away, offers a threat now. We didn't see it too much in this game from crosses, the way that he can jump and head the ball. But just the energy that he brought as he walked out at Old Trafford, this from the game kicking off, great decision by his manager to start him in this game. He was totally ready. A little bit of running in behind there, the space that he finds for that goal. I mean, everything that the United fans wanted, they saw it as a number nine. Not as a wide player anymore, as a, as a poacher, as an incredibly sharp centre forward. Can
3: I just say, Rob, as well, the, th- the third Manchester United goal, I'm kind of pleased it wasn't a Ronaldo hat-trick and that Bruno got his goal because Bruno's going to be as important as-, as Ronaldo in making goals, in scoring goals and being a big influence on this team.
1: So Cristiano Ronaldo made his return with the exact aplomb you'd expect from one of the greatest of all time. Two goals from him at Old Trafford, one from Bruno Fernandes, one from Jesse Lingard as United beat Newcastle 4-1. Let's hear from Bruno.
5: And it seems to Cristiano Ronaldo, you know him so well. What's it like for you two now to play for the same club and to team up together?
6: Oh, he's really good, of course. I think everyone knows what Cristiano bought for the club, for the world of football, so... We are really happy to have him. So I think most important, as Cristiano will say, uh, is the team performance and everything we are doing as a team. And at the end, getting the results we want.
5: And does that performance today show that you two can play in the same team and, and be effective in the same
6: team? Of course, that was never in doubt. I think good players always can be put together and playing well. Uh, some some days we you can play well, other days no. But it's not because you... You, one of the other is closing the space of each other it's because the, the, the football is like that sometimes going well sometimes not and Bruno
5: just finally with the strength of the squad now do you feel you can really challenge for the title this season
6: yeah I feel that last season and uh, I think we arrived at the end probably with some mistakes we don't do it to, to be at the end fighting with City but we did really well so I think there has been an improvement in the club in the past few two, three years and I think it's the moment now to give that next step.
1: Well, Robbie Earl hinted at mm. it. Robbie Mosto, do you think that actually today was the perfect balance? It wasn't just the Ronaldo show, but there was no. enough Ronaldo, but there was yeah. plenty of other.
4: Yeah, I think that the combination of those two players is going to be incredibly important. They both got to flourish. You're also going to throw in a Greenwood. I'm sure he's going to do some great things. Mm. Pogba's going to do his things. Lingard comes off the bench. Sancho. So their attacking options are phenomenal.
3: Reality is defensively. Got to be better, control the game a little bit more out midfield. Ronnie's going to do his bit at the edge of the pitch, but today Newcastle had chanties, Rebecca. Callum Wilson was there today, might have been a bit different.
1: Robbie Earl, trying Mm. to put yourself in a Chelsea fan's shoes, Chelsea look sumptuous. They just don't look like they have a weakness anywhere in the team. We said it from the start of the season, Mm. and the the, the evidence is there.
3: Today was was a different kind of challenge, Rebecca. Six players uh, changed from the Liverpool team that, that, that we saw play. Lots of players been away on international duty. Got to get the focus right, got to get it right. A Villa team that were looking dangerous in the first half. Huge credit to to Thomas Tuchel. Again, at half-time, Saul comes off, didn't quite work. Jorginho comes on. Slightly tweaks the system and gets ZX back just to give them a little bit more control in midfield. And they get the job done. They they, they are prepared to suffer. They're prepared to to go where they need to go to to get results. And they've conceded one goal so far this season, and that's a Mo Salah penalty.
1: Romelu Lukaku mm. is the epitome of efficiency, is
3: he not? Yeah, I mean,
4: the emotion that he showed scoring the first goal mm. back at, at, at Stamford Bridge I thought was quite telling. The second goal was just all about real quality. I thought Lukaku, Kovacic, Thiago Silva, and you're absolutely right. If you weren't going to make the point, I was going to make it by the manager again. Nips it in the bud. At halftime, we talked about it. Graham talked about it. They were getting a little bit outnumbered. Saul was a little bit caught with the pace of the Premier League. Change, tactical change. There you go. It was a mistake, of course, for Mings that helped, but they flipped the situation in midfield. Total control in the second half. I don't think they were always at their best today, Rob, but again, a good song when you make that many changes and you win comfortably 3-0. Well,
3: I think with Tuchel, he's got absolutely respect of the dressing room, but he's got respect of of this league in football. When you think of Tuchel, you think you're in safe hands.
1: Yeah, you certainly do, gentlemen. Thank you. Let's take you back to Graham Lasso and Arlo White. Mm-hmm. Still there at Stanford Bridge. Clinical, efficient, straightforward. Another good day at the office, chaps.
5: Yeah, he's
7: got the respect of Louis van Gaal as well, who was praising Thomas Tuchel during the international break. Now the manager, of course, of the Netherlands. And it was your main point before the game. It's clear that Saul is a very good footballer with great pedigree, but this is the Premier League, and you called that before the game even started. So you weren't surprised to see Jorginho come on.
2: No, and as the guys were saying, I think it's credit to Tuchel because so much of what holds back coaches is their inability to recognise their mistakes in-game. And to to have the confidence, the humility and take the ego out of it Mm. and make a decision. Because that's an admission that he got it wrong. And he'll be the first one defending Saul as he should because there was a good rationale for him playing him. As the guys said, you know, a lot of players playing a lot of football and he's tweaking it to try and manage the games as they come. Um, But he'll be out there defending him. It doesn't make Saul a bad player or a bad signing. What it means is that it didn't quite work out today. He'll be pushing him hard in training and he'll get another chance soon. But... You know, all in all, I I just felt that Chelsea had that, they've got that understanding and that experience to sort of weather the storm that Villa um, gave them in that first half.
7: Was it also a compliment to Aston Villa after their first half performance?
2: uh, Definitely, definitely, because Aston Villa matched them, didn't they? And they outnumbered them in midfield, matched them in, in the physical side of things, created chances. They certainly made Chelsea work for that result and the quality of Lukaku Mm. and particularly Kovacic I thought today was absolutely sensational but those two finishes you can see exactly what Lukaku's designed to do in this Mm. Chelsea team and they're going to be a huge threat throughout this season
7: This place, Rebecca, was absolutely rocking I think the Chelsea fans believe something special is brewing here We'll talk to you again with the pitch side desk and our colleague Lee Dixon from Ellen Road tomorrow
8: Thomas, 3-0 looks comfortable. Would you admit, though, that it wasn't? No, it was absolutely not. We played against a strong, strong Aston Villa side. They were well prepared and I had the feeling that they could uh, prepare with many players this kind of game. They looked very sharp from the start and uh, very confident, so it caused us a lot of problems. Especially in the first half, we had to block many shots. But, uh, yeah, they're very strong with the long throw-ins, the set pieces, the the corners. So there are many, many touches in your box, per se, that that you have to defend. Uh, It's not our favourite discipline, but we did very, very good, and and we did what we needed to do. Second half, we had some some easy mistakes. Second half was better, more control, more fluid game, and then a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, chances, half chances that we did not... Uh, uh, take very well. We, we, we lacked precision and to have maybe uh, earlier goals, but okay.
1: But right now, this Sunday morning, one of our traditions that we've managed to bring back this season, the boot room, and of course, we have to, we have to <laughs> talk about Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> and no one else is, so we should <laughs> definitely plough in. Um, Robbie, I'm going to start with you. Mm, We're going to yeah. cross pitch side in a minute and hear from the guys as well. But yeah. um, where does... Now we've seen him. Mm. Where does Ronaldo put Manchester United now in the grand scheme of the whole season and all the trophies?
3: Right front and centre of winning a Premier League title. Um, you only have to talk to a couple of people who were in the stadium yesterday. Listen to to, to some of the media um, that's come out of yesterday. People say it's different, Rebecca. It, it, it hasn't been like this for some time. Now, the last time I can remember somebody of this ilk coming to the football club and this feeling reminds me of Eric Cantona back in the day when the, the, the class of 92 and they developed and they went on to win titles. This guy is, is, is a game changer. But The other thing I think is, is important to say though, Rebecca, for all the, the, the great scenes and noise that we saw yesterday, every time Manchester United play away from home, people are going to go to the stadium People are going to want Manchester United to get beat. Other teams are going to play better. He'll lift Manchester United players, but he will lift the opposition players. And that's something Ronaldo, Oli and the team are going to have to deal with along the route.
1: The intoxicating atmosphere at Old Trafford yesterday has been written about in all the papers this morning. Mm. The two goals, the celebrations, the fact we're talking about it mm-hmm. a lot. Mm. Are we getting carried away?
4: <laughs> Never. Will we ever deal with that, Rob? <laughs> um... Maybe a little bit, but I think in this case, uh, given the excitement around, given the squad at Man United, given how they've recruited really well, to be fair, the last two or three seasons with the squad now that is capable of winning the Premier League title. It really is. And I'm a big believer in in the spirit of a club and the spirit of a team at any given season. I think we always see champions during the season feel like something special is happening i say it a lot and I, and I and you'd have to say united right now with ronaldo with varan with sancho with everybody else it feels like there's something special happening of course we're lucky to have graham and lee in the UK now, that I hope will back me up and say, because they both won the title, that, that there's a sense in the dressing room that something special's happening. Surely, at Old Trafford, in this dressing room, they're thinking, wow, with the players that we've got and with him doing his thing as a number nine now, which, of course, is different to before, his ruthless drive, his mentality, how it rubs off on some of the
3: other players, they must feel that they've got a great chance of winning it. I think one of the important things, though, out of that, Rebecca, is that the other people who are maybe taking a a slightly less role, are still so important. Varane's got to be still the, the, the great leader at the back. Paul Pogba might have to give more of himself to the team and not have as many headlines, although he's got seven assists already. Bruno Fernandes' role might change. And we've looked at on the tactics board, I think a little later you'll see, some of the things that they're doing well, some of the areas that there might be a little bit of work to. Mason Greenwood still has to continue to score goals and be a threat, even though Cristiano Ronaldo is dominating headlines and is at the front of everybody's thoughts at the moment.
1: The most similar, similar I suppose for you Robbie is when Geninio came to Middlesbrough in terms of superstar arriving at mm. your club. And I watched mm. the game yesterday and just from an outsider's point of view it looked to me like as soon as anyone in that front line or midfield got the ball they were looking for where's Cristiano <laughs> got to give him the ball. Mm. Is that something in your experience when Geninio came for example? Is that something that will fade or is that an, a a natural reaction that he will always command and, and it'll always be like that?
4: I think it's a really good it's, point. It's a, great it's point, a good by the way. it's a good question mm. because we, yeah, we did. We continue to want to give it to the star player. And I don't think longer term that's healthy. And it goes back to Robbie's point about others have got to do their thing. And it can't all be about Cristiano Ronaldo. It just can't be. And there would be times, Rebecca, where the manager's got to be strong enough to say, actually, this one's not for you. We're going to go with Cavani. We're going to go with Greenwood. What, when would he do
1: that? What kind of well, games? Well,
4: maybe away from home, difficult physical environment that he might have played two or three games on a spin. He might be back off a Champions League uh, performance. He, you, <laughs> We know he's kind of amazing, but he's not superhuman. He will need some breaks at, point, at, at certain times. That's when others have got to come in, Rebecca, uh, and do their thing. And back to your question, yeah, it, it can't be all about him, but the confidence and the excitement level that comes from his uh, arrival back at Old Trafford has got to be used in a positive sense of, like, this is going to be our season.
1: Is this Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's easiest yet toughest moment as manager? Yes,
3: yes. Um... He's now got the tools to win a title, Rebecca. And he's got to use his tools well and know when to use them and when not to use them. And we'll find out. At the end of the season, we'll find out, is Oli Gunnar Solshaw, a top four manager? Is Oli Gunnar Solshaw a title winner? Because that's what, what the opportunity is.
1: Either of you change your mind? United for the title now? Yes or no?
3: I'm not changing my mind. I don't no. think they're going to do
1: no. it. But you're still Chelsea and you're still City. Yeah. Okay, all right, that's our two pennies worth. Let's take you back across uh, the pond to Ellen Road with Graham Lee and Arlo. Chaps?
7: Thanks, Rebecca. The chaps were listening intently uh, to the chat with the uh, two Robbies there. Graham, we watched the Manchester United game on the Chelsea gantry, didn't we, at Stamford Bridge yesterday. And look, it's total box office. It's compelling to watch. It's fabulous for Man United and for the Premier League and for neutrals everywhere around the world. So that's a given. Let's flip it a little bit and play devil's advocate. What are the negatives for Manchester United
2: at the signing of Cristiano Ronaldo? There aren't any. <laughs> Back <laughs> no. to the studio. <laughs> no, I think it's they have to adapt the team. The guys touched on it there. That they have to adapt the way the team sets up behind him. He's 36 years old. He, he's adapted and changed his game. It's evolved as he's got older. He is still obviously the goal threat that he always has been. Top goal scorer in, in, um, in Italy last year. Um, and and he's he's got that knack of of knowing where to be, when to turn on the afterburners as he did for the second goal yesterday and reach a speed of twenty miles an hour, which is phenomenal for a thirty-six year old. Um, and and he's he's got that that understanding of when the when there's danger in the opponent's box, so he'll score plenty of goals. The concern for me is how much players have to adapt to him and compensate for him when the team doesn't have possession. Yesterday, I was looking at his heat map. He played really high, much higher up the pitch than uh, Lukaku did for Chelsea. Different system, different type of game, but he played a lot further forwards. He doesn't press the ball in the same way as a younger striker is going to. He, you're going to be carrying him at times during matches, and you've also got to make big decisions when you use him, when you start him, when you take him off in a game. Um, and how does that go with his, you know, with his status in the game? Mm. So it's going to have to be carefully managed. And I think that it's very easy for us to obviously look at yesterday and say, wow, isn't he incredible? He scored two goals. Dream start. He's got to sustain that throughout the season. He's certainly capable of it in terms of his discipline and his attitude. But you just, I just wonder whether or not it gives them an advantage net <laughs> having him there or actually over the course of the season, they end up adapting more to him than to other players that actually, actually could be more important during the length of a long
9: season. I think I think it's a real test for the rest of the players at Manchester United, and I disagree with Robbie Musto he is superhuman <laughs> um, so I think when you've got a player of, of his ilk of his stature, I think players at Manchester United in different positions that Graeme's talked about there will be asked questions about their position because you might make some allowances for Ronaldo getting a little bit older but you are you have got the world or one of the world's best players in your ranks and I think what it does I think you can look down at Rashford Greenwood Lingard obviously James has left and come to here we'll see him later on I think you can look at those players and say that there could be an attitude of do you know what how am I going to get in the side now if Cristiano Ronaldo's there Cavani's there what's that going to do to my game and that's asking a question of those young players. And I think if I was a young player now at Manchester United, easy for me being a fullback because he's not going to take my play. Although he's probably a better fullback than I was. Certainly <laughs> <he> runs
2: quicker. <laughs>
9: <laughs> but I think when you're a young player and a player of that ability comes into the club, you go one or two ways. You can sit and sulk and say, "Do you know what? I'll sit on the bench for a bit." And do you know something as well, Graham? For me, sometimes you learn more sitting on the bench watching quality and superstar player than you would do actually playing in the side yourself. Yes, you want to play, you want to be in every week, but sometimes just to step back a little bit, and those players i mentioned might be at that stage in the career now where they go, do you know what, let's just sit and watch somebody who is a world superstar, not only on the, in the game, because you're in the game mentally as on, the, on the bench as a sub, in training from Monday to Friday, they are going to have... I remember when Dennis Bergkamp came to, to Arsenal, and obviously it was great for us because it was Dennis I remember talking to Ian Wright about it, and he was going, he was so, so happy. Dennis came to take Wrighty's position, more or less. Wrighty was going to be squeezed out. He, he thrived on the fact that one of the world's best strikers mm. had come to our football club to play football and to train with us from a Monday to Friday, and we loved it because we learnt so much from him. Those United players will have to adapt, but they're going to have to, they're going to do it with a smile on the face because he's going to win them games every single week.
7: If you're Ole Gunnar shot maybe you, you allow the players to decide amongst themselves, but Bruno Fernandes is pretty good at penalties. United have got a lot
2: of penalties over the last two or three years. Does Ronaldo take the penalties and upset the apple cart well, or not? It, it might be in his contract. <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to have... I, I certainly think Bruno Fernandes should be taking free kicks out of Ronaldo. That, that sort of long run-up and loopy shot isn't always... Uh, as, as good as, as, as he makes you, you believe. But certainly from a penalty point of view, Ronaldo's um, sensational penalty to take as well. Absolutely. Well, we'll see how it all transpires.
7: Uh, Rebecca with Ronaldo at Manchester United will continue the build-up from Ellen Road ahead of a massive game here. Leeds against Liverpool very shortly.
1: Thank you, guys. Team News should be around 15 minutes' time. That was your Sunday Boot Room. Let's take you back live to Ellen Road and alongside Arlo White, our Premier League insider. David Ornstein joins him. Good morning, David. Hello.
7: Thank you, Rebecca. You can see Leeds United uh, warming up behind as they came out of the field. David, didn't they, to a rapturous reception for a, uh, from a, a gradually filling Ellen Road. The atmosphere today is going to be absolutely magnificent. As it was at Old Trafford <laughs> yesterday, David. Now, Ronaldo is the story not only of the, of the off-season and the transfer window, he's going to be the story going forward as well, isn't he, for Manchester United? And I can assume that his impact yesterday was kind of what Manchester United's hierarchy had in mind for, for, for Ronaldo and the club when they signed
5: him. That's right, Arlo. We talked extensively on NBC, deadline day in particular, about what Manchester United were looking to do with this signing and yesterday we saw exactly why they brought Cristiano Ronaldo back to Old Trafford and why they fought so hard to get him from the clutches of Manchester City because that interest was real. There was a very high possibility that he would go to Manchester City however that's where Manchester United intervened and there are many people in the area around the club and I live in that area who felt it was inconceivable that Cristiano Ronaldo would go to Manchester City they pulled out all the stops United and yesterday I've got to say it did feel right now the occasion was so special it was almost like a religious festival (laughs) if you thought the noise here is big today it was nothing compared to yesterday at Old Trafford what he's coming into Manchester United to do is win now. To bring all of those Ballon d'Ors, all of those trophies, Champions League titles to Old Trafford. They are fed up of waiting for more success. 2017 was their last trophy. The name was being rung, sung, rung out around Old Trafford time after time after time. Fans, young and old, were jumping and doing this you celebration time after time after time. He delivered with his goals. It was almost poetic behind the scenes on the eve of the match he was talking to his teammates as a leader presenting to them at their pre-match meal on the training ground he was leading by example because he is one of the world's arguably the world's greatest player but now Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as manager needs him to deliver and he needs to deliver himself in July he signed a new contract two years three years plus an option of a fourth they've signed Varane and Sancho as well so this is the time at which Manchester United must step up. They're top of the league. It is still early days. And I do think they're going to do more business next summer. I think they've already got their plans in place. Not specific names, but positions. Manchester United tend to finish one window and plan for the next. Mm. So I do think this is Manchester United on an upward trajectory. And if they hadn't bought him in, or if he hadn't come to Manchester United, that would be a sign of maybe a lack of ambition. They've done it. And they're reaching for the stars.
7: And it's paid off so far. In the shadow of the Norman Hunter stand, away to our left-hand side, you heard the booze from the Leeds United fans because Liverpool have come out to warm up in front of their travelling support over there this is going to be a fantastic occasion today Uh, talk about making an impact immediately Romelu Lukaku cost Chelsea what was it, $138 million scored within 15 minutes of his debut at Arsenal, got his first career goal and then added a second at Stamford Bridge yesterday, are they getting the same return that they expected as Manchester United have got immediately out of Ronaldo?
5: Well Olo, we talk about Manchester United bringing in Ronaldo to win now, to deliver, that's exactly the same with Romelu Lukaku. Chelsea paid a huge amount of money in salary and transfer fee for him, and they will hope it pays off. It is already paying off in terms of his three goals in two matches, his influence around the camp. Now, again, we talked on NBC about how this deal came about. Inter Milan's financial problems were capitalized on by Chelsea. And if Lukaku, who was happy to stay in Milan, was going to leave, it was only going to be for Chelsea because he has unfinished business there. He, I can reveal, was talking to Chelsea players, senior players who may have been leaving the club or considering it to stay. We need a team of men. We need to win now. And that's what they're geared up to do with him and the team too. He is settled in straight away to London, back into life there, to Chelsea, to Cobham, to Stamford Bridge. And we saw with his goals the role he's going to play. It was not the same with Sal Niguez, who's coming on loan but people high up at Chelsea are saying to me that it's not the end of the world if he doesn't hit the ground running because he could bring the best out of Mateo Kovacic and that's what he did yesterday. So that could create value in itself. Chelsea are a canny club who are going to challenge for major honours I feel this season yet again.
7: Jorginho had to come off the bench at half time for Saul didn't he and he didn't want to play him Thomas Tuchel because of the international break and speaking of the international break it was a mess David this time wasn't it in terms of players going to red list countries mainly in South America. Jurgen Klopp has talked about it in his pre-match interview today. Fortunately for him he has Alisson and Fabinho available, Rafinha likewise for Marcelo Bielsa but are we going to see the same mess in the October international window
5: well what we've seen until now arlo has been chaos and it cannot be repeated however i can tell you that there is no agreement in place as we stand here at ellen road now for an exemption if that exemption doesn't come we're going to have a real problem from the government from the british government to allow players who go on international duty in south america which are currently red list countries to come back and avoid a 10-day mandatory quarantine. Now, this is the big issue. Because the English Premier League clubs came together and said, we're not gonna send our players over there because if they come back, they're not gonna be able to play, they're gonna be cooped up in quarantine hotels, then that, that that's a, an act of solidarity. The international team said, well, we're not allowing that. We want our players to come and play. The players said, we do want to go and play, but we don't wanna have problems when we come back. Some rational thinking is needed here. FIFA, the British government, the the clubs are all talking all the time. And the latest information I have is that they're moving in a positive direction. The ban imposed by the South American countries on the Premier League players from this weekend was lifted. And now the dialogue really has to step up. I think the British government fear that when these players go to the South American countries, the bubble will not be kept tight enough and they could come back with Covid. The Premier League club's job is to illustrate and work with the South American confederations to show that that bubble will be kept. If they can, I think the exemption will be granted and we could be in a better place. The big losers here, as Jurgen Klopp, Mm. as Ole Gunnar Solskjaer have been saying, is the players. They've been caught in the middle. And now, hopefully, they will be prioritised.
7: Fascinating, David. And we do not want to see a repeat of what happened in that welcome qualifier between Brazil and Argentina, where health officials went onto the field because some of the Argentines hadn't quarantined uh, for sufficiently long and the game was abandoned. I mean, that just has to stop for the October window. David, fascinating as ever, our Premier League insider. Liam Graham, Rebecca, will be back in here and we'll go through some of the players and the key players during warm ups here ahead of Leeds against Liverpool.
1: Really good win, really good performance by Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. But first of all, it has taken the gloss off slightly, yeah. seeing an 18-year-old go down with such a potentially difficult-looking injury.
3: Yeah, it changed the nature of the game. It changed the flow of the game. It took Liverpool a while, I think, to clear their heads you know, against a difficult team and difficult circumstances. That's a really important win for Liverpool. But talking of Harvey Elliott, it's such a shame that this young guy who's come into the team is starting to make such a big influence. We're talking so glowingly of him. Um, It's a a horrible injury that that he sustained. Hopefully things aren't aren't too bad. And
1: of course, we didn't see any replays and we won't be showing you any Mm. replays. But you did take Mm. a little look at the tackle again personally, Robbie. And for you, you felt it wasn't malicious.
4: It wasn't malicious. Um, We're going to see other tackles like that. I'm sure Uh, Liverpool players will make similar tackles. Of course, sometimes when players come together, there's an unfortunate motion or weight went into his leg, of course, and his leg was stuck in the... It's one of those things, and I know that, you know, people might not want to hear that. Uh, red card was given, and, and fair enough, endangered the safety of an opponent, etc. But it wasn't one of those where we're saying, wow, what an awful
3: challenge that was. It just wasn't. He slid in to try and win the ball, which he did, but the weight did go into half really early. interesting. About 10 minutes after that, Liam Cooper made a challenge on Sane, very similar to the one Strauch made on Elliot. Sane got up, we carry on, and it's the... That's part of the game. I mean, challenges have always been part of the Premier League. And as Robbie said, I don't think there was any real malicious um, intent from Strauch as as he went in on the challenge.
1: Okay. more on the injury to Harvey Elliott when we get it. From Liverpool's perspective, their performance, certainly before the injury anyway, impressive again today.
4: Yes, excellent. I mean, throughout, defensively very solid, very strong. It's very consistent back there now with the, in terms of the personnel. We talked about the midfield that had an excellent game, and half is going to be missed badly, given what he can do to the side. But maybe the most important thing, Rob, is the, is the front player's and how alive they looked. And sorry, money gets his goal at the end. He should have had many others. Mo Salah looks at right at his peak again. Jota, for me, is, a, is, a, is an improvement at the moment, and for me no. so that's So it's
3: all looking good for Liverpool. All three units. Front loop yeah. great, midfield with control, conceded one goal in four games, Rebecca. not looking bad at the moment.
7: Welcome back to LM Road, everybody. This is Goal Zone, presented by Toyota. There's your final score. Leeds United nil, Liverpool three. I'm delighted to say... We're back down at the pitch side desk and Patrick Bamford has come straight out, muddy knees and everything before the shower uh, to join us. Patrick, thank you very much for your time. A difficult day for for Leeds United, obviously a difficult day for Liverpool with the the injury to Harvey Elliott as well. But what's it like coming off the field, having played for Marcelo Bielsa in a big game like that? What's the exhaustion level?
10: Um, I think with every game we give 110% and... um... I think it just made it slightly harder today because we had 10 men at the end, so it really was like chasing shadows a little bit, but it's one of them where you want to sit in and make sure the score doesn't doesn't get too big, sorry, but then you want to try and get the ball back and try and actually be able to have the ball, so... It's a tough one, and, yeah, it was tiring. Did you think the chip had a chance of dipping under the crossbar? <laughs> <Yeah, while? laughs> I said to the guy. You got him worried. I said to Alison after, I was like, why don't you just let that
2: in? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a professional goalkeeper, <laughs> yeah. and it's my job to keep the ball out. <laughs> Pretty much,
11: yeah.
9: How did, I'd uh, be interested to know, what did the manager say to you at half-time? Because they had a few chances first half. It was only 1-0. You're still in the game. And at that point, did he, what, what did he say? Did you just play the same way in the second half before the injury? Um, we had to
10: kind of up the energy a little bit. Um, they kept breaking through from kind of their back middle three, so the, the holding mid and the two centre backs. So we had to readjust that, and then it was just about staying in the game. And we knew we'd get chances. It was just, it was annoying we conceded that second one
2: quite early.
8: Yeah.
2: And do you feel? Do you feel that? You know, when, when we're watching the game, I, I, I love watching the team play and in possession I think it's great. Yeah. I think sometimes there's the, that element of so many bodies flying forwards that when, if you do lose the ball it's high risk going the other end. Do you feel sometimes as a centre forward as that sort of focal point that you're trying to sort of adjust your position a lot during a game to try and be effective?
10: Yeah and it depends it, it differs each game so obviously you've got to try and have some influence on the game and there's some games where we might have the majority of the possession and I'm um, having to make little darting runs because they drop deep. Or there's some games where a lot of it's pressing, and then we're try- I'm trying to get the ball over the top. And it was a bit of both of that today. So yeah, interesting Patrick,
7: game. <laughs> Patrick, if you had a chance to speak to to Pascal Straug, who was involved in the in the challenge that led to the injury to Harvey Elliott, straight red card. If you managed to have a, a word with him, what's his mindset?
10: At the um, no, I haven't spoke to him properly. I mean, look, he's a good lad. It was totally accidental and. Obviously, all of our thoughts at Leeds are with Harvey because it's a horrible injury, especially top player and he's a young lad, so it's just an unfortunate thing.
9: Just put us in the mindset of the manager now, if you can, because you haven't won a game yet. Are you in a position now where you're dreading training next week? Are you going to work even harder, or, or is it the same every week? No, we
10: we keep working, even if we win. I think we actually we work harder when we win, <laughs> So just to make sure that we don't get complacent. So it's just going to be the same as it has been and, um Obviously, we're not putting too much pressure on ourselves to pick up that first win. Mm-hmm. But today, it was just one of them that... So it was a strange game with the yeah. red card, ten men and all that, and the injury and stuff. Yeah. It, it was a strange game, but nevertheless, we hate losing. So. What an atmosphere,
2: though. It must have been a great great joy to come out in, in, in that atmosphere today.
12: Yeah,
10: Leeds fans are fantastic, especially here. They obviously enjoyed and they appreciate it I think when you put 100% in and even though we lost 3-0 you saw the, the applause they gave us because we gave everything and even till the last last whistle and down to 10 men still giving it our all and I think they appreciate that and the hard work and stuff So,
9: Congratulations on your England cap by the way Thank mm. <laughs> you
7: Patrick, we'll let you get in the warmth. Thank you very much indeed for joining us so soon after the end of the game. we really appreciate it. Rebecca, we might have found somebody better spoken than Graham Lesseau at a football (laughs) match. Extraordinary stuff.
1: Jurgen Klopp will have been delighted to see his side beat Leeds United by three goals to nil. But less delighted, of course, about the Harvey Elliott injury. What did he make of the foul that led to the red card? Let's hear from the Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp.
13: Jurgen, is it obviously
7: a case of completely split emotions? Terrific performance and result, but completely overshadowed by
14: what looks like a really nasty injury to young Harvey Elliott. It is, it is, a, it is a bad injury. Um, ankle, how I heard now, it was dislocated. We could put it back. He's now in the hospital. So um, we have to wait, obviously. He played again an incredible game, he's an incredible player. Um, now he's out So, do I want such a young boy having this experience that early in his, in his career no but um, now it's the case and we have to be there and we will be there so um, we will play football without him but we will wait for him as well because um, obviously he's a, a, a top 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 player
7: it happened right in front of you so you had did you have a good view of it at that moment
14: no I, I saw the situation but it's, I saw then immediately the effect because I could see his, his foot not in the right place. That's why we were all shocked, absolutely. Um, that's it. So it
1: sounds like an ankle dislocation that he said there. They put it back and obviously he's gone to hospital for some treatment. Um, where are we with what's clearly a new initiative this season to let the game flow more? Now, we should make it clear that specific incident with Harvey Elliott wasn't about letting the game flow or no. not. It, it it wasn't that situation because, as you said, it was innocuous, um, not malicious. He got a red card. But in it's made us think, hasn't it, mm. about this season. There has been some nervousness from even some managers around letting it go too much. Mm. Where do you stand on it right now?
4: OK, so um, I like the initiative um, and I've, I've liked how it's looked. I mean, it's a tough conversation to have right now. And some might argue, well, hang on a minute. We're getting more rough challenges that have been allowed to go by the officials. This is maybe the consequence you're going to start to see. Uh, like you said, Rebecca, I think this was a, it was a freak one. It was a strong challenge, but it was totally for the ball.
1: And we saw other challenges like it today.
4: We we will, and we'll see it next week, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But in general, I like it. I, I hated, particularly last season, all these soft fouls that were given, particularly in the penalty box for penalties, where it's all about the contact. If there's contact there, it's going to be a penalty. That's different now. I'm sure the stats are going to show at the end of the season we'll have way less penalties. Maybe people like a lot of penalties. I want a foul to be a foul and not just a piece of contact, which by the way encourages players to go down. You see more, fat, more players going down in the box when they know that things have been given before. So, that's, that's, so I, I like where it's gone, Rebecca. I think right now, I don't watch football now in the Premier League and think, wow, there's some nasty challenges flying around. I think it's a nice balance at the moment. I really do.
1: The initiative has all been about raising the a bar, Robbie Earl, on mm. what is a foul. I'm hearing that Virgil van Dijk might be on his way. When he is, we'll break out. We'll...
14: Yeah.
1: He's walking his, his way, actually, right now to Arlo. There he is. Liverpool centre-half who looks, by the way, absolutely, doesn't he, back to where he was before his very nasty injury. We'll continue our conversation about this very new initiative this season to really let the game flow. We've seen the injury today to Harvey Elliott. No, no doubt Virgil van Dijk will talk about that with Graham Lee and with Arlo.
7: Rebecca, thank you very much. Yes, here is Virgil van Dijk, just covering the last four or five yards. Virgil, thank you for joining us. You're live to the United States. Look, it's been a, it's been a great day in some ways and a very difficult what day in others, but let's start with the performance and a 3-0 victory at Leeds United in the atmosphere at Ellen Road. From a performance perspective, the players must be delighted.
15: Of course. Um, you know, we've we knew before the game that it was going to be a tough game, intense game. Um, we knew the way they play is always going to be intense. We see it last year when we, uh, we had a spectacle at Anfield. Um, obviously, today with the fans back, is something you know, a bit special. You know we, we all knew what was coming. We all embraced it, I think. I absolutely enjoyed it because it's, it's, it gives the extra, extra, bit extra special and extra edge, I think. We yeah, had to come away here with 3-0 clean sheet, and obviously we could have scored four, five, maybe even six is outstanding
9: with, with that in mind the start of the game we all thought it was going to be they were going to pressure and be really physical like they normally are and when Thiago in the side, we were kind of looking at that saying will he get outrun but I thought his performance in the first half to set the tempo in that midfield was outstanding. Yeah, yeah,
15: we knew that you had to be brave you know, uh, where do you get the ball? You know you're always going to be marked so you have to make sure you get your, the right space and take a touch, use your body, and, and turn and go forward, and and a lot of one-touch football as well. So when you get the ball, you need to be be ready to uh, to know what the next step is. And we we trained it. Obviously, we had a short preparation because obviously we had a lot of internationals who were away, and so we started training from Thursday, Friday. Um, so yeah, you had to be you had to be intense. You had to be ready to to run. But be brave on the ball. So I think we did that.
2: How much of the was the message from Jurgen about matching them physically first and foremost, particularly as you said, because the atmosphere.
15: Yeah, it was. It was a. It was a big thing. And yeah, um, but also, you know, I think being brave was a was, was a big big thing against them. You know, because um, you know we're gonna get spaces. They know. You know, they leave spaces because if you keep running and um, stretch them, you have to you know exploit those and, and get into those spaces so um, obviously we did one well. in the end they, they, they leave our front three won't be one <laughs> and you know it's, it's, it's going to be difficult <laughs>
7: <laughs> you were obviously out for a long time Virgil coming back into the side how much of a relief has it been for you because we talked about the fact that there was a physical test against Romelu Lukaku last week it looks like you've never been away in your mind did you have any doubts is it relief that you're just as good if not better than before
15: I just, I just, you know, I'm in the early stages still, you know. What I do is enjoy every bit of it. Um, I knew I said to the manager in the beginning, and obviously I'm happy that he put, put the trust in me, that I need games. I need to play to be back to where I am. That's how I, how I feel my my performance will go better. And, 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 and um, obviously I, f- I feel like I'm getting there again. Um, if you look at the performances so far, the Norway game obviously was a, was a bit of getting into it and obviously Bernie was a tough one mm. uh, and obviously Chelsea is, is always going to be a tough one but the international is coming up and um, the amount of uh, rest in between games get less so it's all about how you react to it and I'm not a machine, I'm not a robot so I just try and do everything that I can to be recovered and, and ready for the next game. And with
7: that in mind, sorry Lee, just to yeah. follow up on that because it's such a tough day for you guys and, and Harvey Elliott, it looks like he's suffered quite a serious injury. Having gone through something similar yourself, it seems to me that you're, you're quite a family at Liverpool and you will see that you will have a role in encouraging Harvey in his rehabilitation from this injury.
15: Yeah, Yeah, definitely. But even... Before my injury or before Joe Gomez's injury, we all have been a family. You know, We've been there for each other in, in good and bad times. So, you know, I'm, I'm not worried about that. Um, it's sad for Harvey by the looks of it because he has such a good start to the season. You know, it's been incredible how he performed so far. And the manager obviously put the trust in him as well. So to get this injury at the moment is obviously sad. But we'll be there for him. You know, we'll be there for him. Any day. It's going to be tough because, you know, uh, rehab goes with ups and downs. Um, I've seen it as well, but, you know, we'll uh, we'll be there for him and his family will be there for him and we'll be fine. Lee?
9: Moving forward, you've got big games coming up. Is it just back to training as normal? Do you do anything different when you win or lose? Is it the same training? Same training. training. Um,
15: Obviously, for every game, you prepare the team you're going to face. Like what I said before, this game, we had, we had a lot of tactical sessions um, building up to it. Be ready for what we're going to expect. Um, so it will be the same. Obviously, we'll recover, we'll, we'll recover now from this. And then from Tuesday, we we'll probably have a tactical session to face AC Milan. It's gonna to be tough. But when
9: you say recover, will you have a day off tomorrow?
15: You'll no. be in? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not, gone now. It's going to change. games changed. <laughs> there's not a lot of uh, days off. So, uh, but you know, it's it's it's. You know, we, we the manager wants us to do everything to be performing on the highest level. So, recovery is a big part of it. Yeah. Um, eating the right food. Um, you know, going into the pool and do your recovery in there. Stretching, massage. Making sure you do uh, do all the right things, and so far we have been doing this for the last years and work well.
9: Very similar to me and Graham when we were playing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> after,
2: even after
15: after the program,
2: almost <laughs> almost identical. It's great to it's great to see you back, and I think the essence of what you said is you got to enjoy your games. So it's great that you're enjoying it, and you've got a, a fantastic potential ahead this season. Yeah. yeah. Keep it
15: uh, one game at a time, but so far so good.
7: (laughs) Virgil, we really appreciate your time. Thank you very much much, indeed. Rebecca, what a fascinating man, a very calm man to be around. Virgil van Dijk, who was magnificent today, the start of the season, he's been magnificent. And didn't he speak well about Harvey Elliott? Back to you.
1: Arlo, thank you very much. He certainly did. Anyone who's just joining us back on the post game show, we heard from Jurgen Klopp a few minutes ago tell us that he thinks it's an ankle dislocation for Harvey Elliott. They've popped it back in and he's gone to hospital. more now from Jurgen Klopp on what happened to Harvey Elliott
7: you went onto the field obviously checking a player and spoke to other players
14: you also spoke to the referee as well when you were on the field yeah but nothing important I, I'm, I'm not sure it's the right moment to, to speak about these kind of things but yeah no no, it was nothing important, really. No, in fairness to you, it is difficult. It's an emotional thing
7: It's a young player. Very. We're talking about that. Very. I understand.
14: Returning to the football itself, if you can, how good were your side today? Really good, really good. We played for a long period, a top, top, top game after the after the red card and Harvey off because obviously everybody in shock um, we lost rhythm a little bit, but still controlled the game. Gave them a little bit too many counter-attacks, too many set pieces. That's all that's true, but who cares um, in that moment? Um, we played top football. We should, we should have made more of the football we played. Uh, means in the last third in the box, we the, the, the goal we scored, the more goal from Trent. That's actually a perfect example for what we should have done more often. We had these situations, we just didn't find a player. Um, but in the end really 3-0 is a top result um, and we are not that greedy that I'd stand here now and say we should have had 5-6-7-0. Um, I wanted to have clearer chances, that's true. Uh, we had a lot of finishes, we had a lot of shots um, but not enough or not good enough, let me say it like this. So we have space for improvement, that's cool, but um, the football we played was exceptional.
7: That's Jurgen Klopp speaking a few moments ago. I'm delighted to say we are joined live by the century maker, 100 goals in the Premier League for Mohamed Salah. Mohamed, it's a tough day, obviously, with the Harvey Elliott injury, and we'll get to that in a second. But congratulations to you. Are you the fifth fastest? I don't know whether you know this in Premier League history. <laughs> yeah, of course,
2: it. Of course, yeah, of course it. I know <laughs> it. He's got yeah, a chart at 100. Yeah, I,
16: I think if, it's, if we count only 100 goals for Liverpool, like I'm 98 now. Yes. So ah. Two for Chelsea. would be a little bit faster than fifth, but that's yeah, all right. <laughs> I think it. Are
7: these things, I mean, genuinely, do you get a kick out of being the fifth fastest and creating records and getting to 100?
16: I'll answer that for him. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I wish I would be. <laughs> first but you know Alan Shearer scored too early 124 24. So yeah he does know no but it's a great thing it's a great feeling to score 100 goals in the Premier League and especially I didn't play here as this is my 50 year, so like four years or something uh, it's something special, really, especially when I play as a wing, mm. so not to play striker. The other players, the, the first four or first is all of them strikers, play as a wing in the toughest league in the, in the world and score 100 goals, something special.
9: So, so you're my wife's favourite player, I have to say that, because you always play with a smile on your face. <laughs> She's you. always saying, he's smiling <laughs> again, so she doesn't watch a lot of football, but is it good fun? I mean, it must be so much fun playing in this side at the moment, because you get a load of chances, and you look like the three up front look like you love playing with each other.
16: Yeah, I think, I think the way we play is helping the team to, to score many goals, and we know each other now for a long time, and when Bobby play, we know each other for a long time. Jota also adapting now. Um, I think we're doing good. The most important thing is to win the game. Like, if I score no goals for hundred uh, number 100, and we didn't win, it's, the feeling would be different, but mm-hmm. As much as we keep winning and helping the team to, 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 to reach the, what we want to achieve, that's something great. It seems to me like your relationship with Trent
2: between right-back and your position, it's changed slightly. His, his, getting better. Yeah, well, two <laughs> it's always getting involved. better. I'm sure we, well, it, it's Let's definitely getting better. better when I saw you run 60 metres to go and play right-back yeah. when, when you misplaced the pass. But, yeah. but it seems to me that, that, you know, he obviously he likes to come down the outside, but he's playing a little bit inside sometimes as well and
16: allowing you the space outside. Does yeah. that depend on the game? I think he talked to me before the game and he said that... It's gonna be you goal going about uh, 100. I say yeah. Hopefully it com- comes from you. He said I will do my best. So, but basically I think Trent's games changed last two years or yeah this year and last year's changed a lot. He's starting like give more balls and just he, he growing up more and he has more confidence now and um, more experience. So his game has changed a lot and you know we tried our best to to help the team. We know each other now. We play for three four years together. So he's a great player and hopefully we keep doing that.
7: Mm. You've, over the last few years, when you won the Champions League and won the Premier League, Mo, it, it was like lightning in a bottle. And then, of course, with all the injuries that happened last season, you went off a little bit, managed to get into the Champions League later on. Does it feel like, and it did feel like today, that you've recaptured that? a little bit and you can really give it a serious run for the title.
16: Yeah, I think we just try to take one game at a time we just try to focus on each game that's, that's our plan, we don't have to think about another team or about the schedule or whatever we just, like, Virgil came back, Joel came back, Joe is back and, you know, we have a great player now, play centre-back and also in the midfield and in front, so we just try to focus on ourselves and just win a game
2: When you're attacking a fullback, both Lee and I are old <laughs> <Fullbacks. Okay. laughs> are you making your mind up straight away what you're going to do, or are you reacting to their movement as well? Just tell our viewers a little bit about how you approach somebody to attack them.
16: I think I, think some, I prepared myself for the game in some situation in my head, and but sometimes you need to react what, what the, the fullback is going to do, but sometimes I know really what I'm going to do. So I'm just take the ball and go or just without the ball and just go straight to him. Do you
9: watch a lot of video of the opposition, the full-backs? Do you watch full-backs in particular to know what he's like? Yeah, where he's I, like, I like his watch yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've, you haven't watched many videos of me, though, have you? <laughs>
7: <laughs> there's some nice black and white footage of these two, if you'd like to. Listen, there's some NBC umbrellas there, if you'd like to get one on, <laughs> Moen, before you go to the bus. No, we thank you. thank you very much for thank joining you very much. us. Congratulations thank again you. on 100, 100. goals. 100. Yep. Lots more to come from Mohamed Salah. What a terrific character. Rebecca, we'll send it back to you, and we'll see you next week.
1: Gentlemen, thank you. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, Mo Salah in just a second. I just want to finish the conversation we yeah. had a few minutes ago about letting the game flow and how the referees are clearly being told um, to allow uh, more tackles to go. The bar has been raised higher for what constitutes a foul. Yeah. Are you concerned at all, Robbie Earle, with how we're seeing this game play out?
3: I'm not, Rebecca. I think up until, obviously, the the horrific injury that happened today, I think most people were pleased with the way that it's gone, that there's more flow, that we're not seeing every time somebody gets touched that they go down and, and, and a foul is given. It's interesting, the data will tell you that in four rounds of games last season, 25 penalties were given. This season, after four games, ten penalties. So there's a real difference in the climate in the way that referees are doing things. And I actually tend to think, we're sitting here most days and thinking, that feels about right. We're not feeling as though something's been given because somebody's just been nudged over, etc. Now, what we, we, we don't want to happen is where it's allowed to go with all kinds of freedom and challenges are going in and we are getting injuries. The, the challenge today, I have to say, is not down to a malicious challenge. It's just one of those incidents that happens in professional sports.
1: Just finally on this, if you were still playing today as the tough tackling yet silky midfielder <laughs> that you were and you knew this initiative had come in and <clears> that the rules had very slightly been tweaked, would you put in more tackles?
4: Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, I think it would definitely be on my mind because that was important to me you know, and, and, and slide tackling, et cetera, et cetera, is, is can be, it's, not, it's not a particularly dangerous way of tackling, but I, but I think you, you get away with it more now than you, than you would have done a couple of seasons ago. But no, it would have been in my mind and I would have adjusted myself accordingly.
1: <laughs> OK, Mo Salah. Mm. Is he, and it's a strange question, yeah. but we kind of talked about fair earlier on. Yeah. Is he underrated?
3: Absolutely underrated. I mean, 100 Premier League goals, fifth fastest in, in Premier League history. Uh, guarantees you twenty plus goals a season from a left sided position. Does the hardest thing in football putting the ball in that's the hardest thing in football, Rebecca, and he makes it look easy. If you take him out that side, and I know Van Dyke and Gomez were a massive misses and, and all the injuries he had last season. You take that, you take what he gives you out of a side, Liverpool can't win the title.
1: Okay. So why is he underrated? Uh,
3: I don't know.
4: I think underappreciated for me is a bit more accurate. Like people don't Seem to why? appreciate. I don't know. I mean, this, this goal tally. I'll tell you why I think it. Actually, thinking about it, I think because there's a there is a bit of a greedy element to him. There's a greedy element sometimes in around the penalty box. We know he's laughing there, but we know he absolutely loves to score goals. He wants to be the goal scorer. He wants to win the golden boot, and that sometimes puts, puts people which puts his absolutely Sometimes puts people people off. Other that people. In other people in good spots, he doesn't pass the ball to. But I love it. I mean, guarantee goals from a wide position. By the way, he's isn't a striker. You know, he's a wide player that scores goals. So, phenomenal. I, th- phenomenal. I think
3: generally there was, a, there was a thought that he goes down too easy in the box. And I think people got that thing, oh, he's a dab. And so public opinion changes. And it changes from actually liking Mo Salah to always, always flopping, he's always going down in the box. But this guy, Rebecca, you see today, today he had three or four opportunities to shoot and he passed to teammates. He has an absolutely top-class guarantee Premier League goals, which is, is, is so hard to have in any team.
1: They've got to get him to sign a new deal, haven't they, Rob?
3: Yeah, I think uh, they're talking about it right now. He, yeah, um, that's
4: key. Absolutely key because there was talk a couple of seasons ago that maybe Real Madrid would be interested, but he should stay at the
11: club. In studio after all of that, mm-hmm. Robbie, Robbie, and Ahmed. So, Robbie Earl, mm. ever, that first half, yeah. you're wondering, okay, when are they going to get going? Are they yeah. going to get going? Are they content with the way that the style of this game is? They were not content. No, I doubted the system. I doubted a little bit about Rafa. um,
3: Three goals in just over six minutes, completely changed it. Remember, this is without Dominic Calvert-Lewin. But he deserves so much credit, Rafa Benitez. And there was some shots of of him after the game on the pitch. And I kind of feel that sometimes now managers go out there to do this for the cameras, and they're talking, and they're hugging. This guy is all business. This guy is a serious football dude. I had a friend who was part of the coaching staff at Liverpool when he was there. And they used to say he would walk on the training ground and move players like a yard in position. No, this is where you need to be. His attention to detail and his importance of the structure of the team is so important. And um, as Everton fans will see today, they played their part, I thought, in the second half. But they have now got a real football guy in charge of their football club. Robbie, what do you think?
4: Well, do you know what? When, when, the, when the final whistle went and, and Sean Dyche goes over to shake the hand of Rafa Benitez, i, I sort of thinking, what is Sean Dyke's thinking? Like, wow, what happened there? I mean, they were in control. They were ahead in the game. They were aggressive. I thought he crossed the line a couple of times with some of their challenges. And all of a sudden, Andres Townsend turns up, puts one great ball in, comes inside, six one in the top corner from nowhere. Decore play, plays through. Uh, Damari Gray, you know, and these the stars of tonight, there's, there's two or three stars for Everton, but two of them, uh, Rafa Benitez's signings, Rob. You know, yes. two new well, wide players in Andres end, a free transfer, a 30-year-old, that nobody saw that move really coming. Obviously made it happen tonight for them. Damari Gray at $2 million that we've spoke about almost every weekend because he's doing that well. That's mm. three goals in four yeah. for Damari Gray at $2 million, 25 years of age. So not only has he got the details that Robbie
3: Hill talks about, but the acumen mm. to bring in some players for, for very little money can have that sort of impact. Let me, let me talk about him as well, Abdellah Dukuri, Rob. Yeah. I thought he was man of the match. And in a system where he allowed him a little bit more license to get forward, we've seen goals, we've seen assists, we've seen driving play from a midfield player who was at Watford and looked OK, but hasn't really got going at Everton under Rafa. Wow, looks a completely different player.
11: Uh, how, every, every team wants a quick start. They feel like they need mm. a fast start. How much did Rafa Benitez and Everton need a fast start after kind of the rumblings after he was hired? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, th- you obviously. Need could that. he have lost the team, the fans, early on? Yes,
4: he could have done. Mm. I think we said it from the start with his history. There's no wiggle room and there had to be positive signs immediately. Mm. And they're sat joint on 10 points, joint top yeah. of the Premier League table, some really good football. I mean, even the first half, Rob, it wasn't going particularly well. And the mm-hmm. commentators are saying that it's a little bit of funny atmosphere in here. So it's still, I mean, they're going to be on board now for a little while. They just, they have to be. But it's just, it feels like, you know, if there's a run of four, five, six, seven games later in the season where it's not going so well, then people might start asking questions. But they shouldn't be asking any questions right now because the momentum is with them the players
3: are stepping up and that was pretty special night, I think he's, he's earned himself a bit of time the scenes in there tonight were, were pretty special at times, at mm. three, when they got back to 3-1 and they were going looking like they were going for a fourth, remember this is a team that lost nine home games last season and there was no fans in the stadium and they weren't able to play the part these Everton fans love their football club and will do anything for their football club and yes, Rafa wasn't their first choice and he's an ex-Liverpool guy, but if he continues to win, if this con- team continued to grow and improve the way they doing, he'll get all the support he needs. And he won't always get stunning top pull on a goal from sure. his players
4: mm. you know it might have been a different night if Townsend's shot doesn't go in Burnley had opportunities as well so great night great momentum that's two brilliant wins at home so far this season in the Premier League but there's still work to do you know didn't see the 4-4-2 it was a little bit different they didn't look comfortable at times but there's enough quality mm. and they stepped up in, in a couple of spectacular performances
11: and maybe the best sign for them is they did all this scored three goals without Dominic yeah. Calvert-Lewin yeah. mm. out there for them who they might be missing for a little while longer but today that wasn't a problem Andros Townsend visited with the Monday Night Football team over on Sky Sports after the game.
17: Congratulations Andros. What a performance second half.
12: Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a tough one. Uh, we went 1-0 down again, uh, but again, we showed great character. And at this stage of the season, it's not the, the, the victory, it's not the performance, it's the fact that we showed character. And I think that will stand us in good stead for the rest of the season. What was different
17: then, from a team perspective, in that second half? Because it looked like Rafa wanted to make a change, but that didn't happen until you equalised.
12: Yeah, I think we knew what went wrong in the first half, uh, and we gave them too much time. We weren't making runs in behind. We had no real threat in the final third we allowed Burnley too much time on the ball. Uh, we rectified that at half-time, and I think you saw in the second half we were on the front foot, we were creating chances, and in the end we fully deserved the three points.
13: Andros, it's Gary. You a change of system tonight, and it was difficult for you yeah. in that first half. How long yeah. did you work on that, and was that a little bit of a problem, just getting used to it?
12: Um, we worked on it quite a bit um, during the international break and this week leading up. Um, but it's not easy, it's a tough formation. I think Chelsea have perfected it. Uh, we're still new in, in the way that we want to play and how we want to do it. But uh, it worked in the end. We, we dug it out. We got the three points. And hopefully we can continue working on both formations so we can chop and change as and when we need to throughout the season.
13: Andros, we saw Rafes speaking to you at the, the end of the game. Yeah. I mean, what has been the message since you've come in? He's brought Damari Gray in as well, two wide players. What has been the message to you to sort of help this Everton team and what he wants from you and, and Damari
12: um, he wants everything. Uh, he wants it all uh, He doesn't uh, he doesn't let us sit on our laurels. Um, Damari's had a great start he's had two goals in the last two games before tonight but the manager still pushed him can you make more runs in behind can you be more clinical can you react can you have a reaction when you lose the ball and he was the same after the game he didn't congratulate me on the goal I don't know what, what he said um, but I know he said something like you're too wide or, or you wasn't making runs in behind uh, and that's what he's like he does, you, you, know, you know him well Jamie he doesn't praise you he's always looking to, to improve you as a player and I've said many times before that's what I love in a manager and I'm enjoying linking up with him again
17: We have to talk about your goal as well, Andros. Now, Gary here claims that he coached this interview (laughs) on England duty. It's the only thing he's ever coached.
12: (laughs) You know what? I I have to to give a shout out to my mum here because during the week she sent me a a compilation video of all my goals and she clipped them all together. I told me I need to believe in myself again. And I think you saw that um, with this goal here. It was rolling back the years and... I've got that in the locker, I just need to be able to produce it on a more consistent basis and hopefully like I said with the manager I have here I can keep getting in the right positions and score more goals and get more assists for this historic football club. So we need your mum as the analyst, not Gary Neville.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
17: Oh, All right, it's a super strike. Like you say, Andros, I mean, we have been waiting a while for it. If we've, we've been being picky. It's your first in 36 <laughs> Premier League appearances. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think that there will be a lot more to come this season?
12: Well, I hope so. Um, I've been working tirelessly um, on that side of the game. Um, during the last five years at, at Crystal Palace, Roy Hodgson worked tirelessly on the other side of the game, making me more a dependable player. Um, in a defensive sense but now I've come here um, Rafa Benitez said he he's not concerned about what I do defensively he wants me to be clinical in the final third with goals and assists and I've started well and I just have to continue working hard to, to keep producing for this football club Andros you've played at some big clubs but
13: that's the first time you've probably seen a Goodison Park bouncing tonight how was it in that second half when you had those
12: goals in that short period Oh, it was incredible um, Goodison Park under the lights I've been here many times before as an opposing player don't remember too many times where I've had a good performance or got a win so it's an incredible place and thankfully tonight in the second half we got the, the crowd behind us and got them going and we're going to need them this season if we're going to achieve our goals whether that be um, top 10 Europe or, or maybe a little bit higher who knows but we're going to need these guys like we did tonight and we're going to need them for the rest of the season
17: well it is a really good start And Andros never mind top 10 it's top four right now what do you really think is possible
12: um, listen I think it's too soon um, I'm just enjoying playing uh, football um, last five or six years I've been battling at the wrong end of the table I'm just, I'm just happy to be playing football and hopefully be fighting for the top half and, and like I said um, hopefully a little bit higher but who knows it's too early to speak um, a lot of the big clubs have made some incredible signings they, they've improved and we're just trying to keep up and hopefully we can keep, keep up with those guys great performance from you tonight great
17: performance from Everton congratulations Andros thanks so much for speaking to us
12: Pleasure. Thank you, guys.
17: Take care. Uh, Well done to your mom as well. She deserves some extra credit, too. She does.
11: (laughs) What a good day for Andros Townsend. Free transfer from Crystal Palace. Scored a goal to put him up 2-1. Got to thank his mom after the game. And his manager, probably going to say some nice things about him as well. Rafa Benitez with the Monday Night Football crew right now.
17: So what's your assessment of of that performance this evening?
18: Uh, Thank you very much. And uh, good evening to everyone. Uh, I think the team was uh, doing what we were expecting against a very physical team. They were doing well in the first half, pushing. We tried to manage with the three centre backs and then they were pushing and pushing but they didn't have very clear chances and we have uh, maybe the final pass was not good enough. And then when they score, we adjust a little bit, we score our goal and adjust to a 4-3-3 and much better and we could score maybe two, two more goals.
17: Was that the key to it then, that change of formation? OK, you'd equalised before that point, but was that a much more relaxed and natural Everton from that point onwards?
18: No, I think that uh, the reaction of the players, it uh, it doesn't matter, the system was very good. So you can see the commitment, you can see the fans as soon as we attack a little bit, they are behind the team. So the change at the end gave us a little bit more control when we scored the goal. But it wasn't the the difference. For me, it's the attitude of the players that was very good.
13: Rafa, you went to a back three, and it's been more like a 4-4-2 for the first three games this season. Was that because you were coming up against Burnley, or was the fact Calvert-Lewin was out? I mean, what was
18: the actual reason for the change in system? Yeah, it was clear that uh, you could see how they play. They uh, pass the ball to the strikers, they put the ball into the channels, and they challenge for everything, they look for second balls. And then when you play two centre-backs, you have more problems. With three, you have uh, a little bit more control, or at least you can cover a little bit better. But the problem that we had is we were not pushing enough uh, as a team. To be sure that they couldn't uh, put ball, but it was difficult because when you try to push it, the, they kick the ball long, put the ball behind, and then you have to challenge. So, it was the idea to control them? We didn't have the control of the game, but we didn't have uh, too many problems, real problems uh, in in terms of uh, clear chances for them. But it, we were under pressure, so and the change of the system was the to be sure that we could uh, go forward with more, I would say, more clarity, well, uh, more quality to create the better chance Rafa,
13: we analysed the first three games uh, you, you've had in charge and looked at the stats and, and how you've played, and it, it was obvious that there was a lot of direct football getting balls in the box, it was almost like a 4-4-2, Decore getting into the box as well. Is that something what you want from your Everton team going forward, high-intensity game with you know players in the box, and that's how we saw, obviously, the three goals in the second half as well?
18: I lost communication. I don't know. You can hear me now. Can you hear us? Can you hear us, Rafa? Because it was very tight. It was the second. Can you hear us, Rafa? Yeah,
17: it's fine. It's my fault. Uh, Jamie's asking you about the tactics so far. No, no, no. I could, I could hear that.
18: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that we will try to play with high tempo. It's like uh, the fans like, and then uh, also for me, it's important to to do that in the Premier League. Uh, to get people into the box as you say Ducouré wingers making crosses and strikers so I think it's just uh, what everybody is expecting here and we try to do that at the same time always I talk about balance we need to have balance and be sure that we are strong in defence so still it's at the beginning still We have to adjust to many things. So then I'm really pleased with the commitment, with the reaction of the players, with the connection with the fans. But still, I think that we have plenty of room for improvement. Rafa, it was a brilliant win for you tonight, but I wanted just to ask you about the new application of the lighter touch by
13: the referees, obviously less intervention with VAR, there was a challenge by Tarkovsky on Richarlison over on the far side away from you, I just wanted to know whether you think that the balance is right from
18: the referees, you're smiling a little bit so I'm uh, yeah, sensing you've got... I had the feeling on the pitch that was too strong. The tackle was too strong. It doesn't matter if when the ball is in the middle you play as a full back and Carras is in the back or sometimes full back. (laughs) I didn't like that you
13: have uh, have the ball
18: you have the ball in the middle, the player is behind. When you go with so much power, you know that you get the ball or you get the, the ankle. So The referee needs to understand that. I think it was very clear. Watching the replay was even more clear. So for me, it's a decision that has to to make. But OK, it's fine. Uh, But we need to be careful with that because we allow the physical contact. But these kind of situations at the end, you can hurt. We saw yesterday a bad injury. It was nothing to do with that. But uh, it could could happen anything because uh, the ball is there, but the ankle is behind. So it could happen anything.
13: Rafa, you've, you've made a great start to the season with Everton. And your two home games, you've gone behind and come back in both of them. How pleased have you been with the support actually within the stadium, actually to you coming? Because there was obviously a lot of talk before you came for obvious reasons.
18: Yeah, I think it was less that uh, uh, people uh, think because uh, you know, the city, the fans were fine, uh, just the social media was creating a little bit of uh, noise but uh, around where I live, uh, the city, when I came here the reception of the fans was great so I think in the fans, uh, what they want is a team that uh, gives everything and they, they can see that every day players that last year maybe they were not performing at the level, now they are giving everything and the fans appreciate that so I think it's just the way to, uh, to move forward what I told the players in the dressing room is uh, we have done nothing yet so we are at the beginning we have to improve so many things but uh, we are really pleased because everybody is trying to do their best
17: but you've taken ten points rafa from the first four games what would you what can you share with us about your your targets for this season
18: uh, 13 after the next game <laughs> It as simple possible, so. as that, every, yeah. <laughs> each game as no, it I comes. Said, when I was in Valencia, I was always saying uh, one game at a time and then mm. we won the league twice and the UEFA Cup. So it's just one game at a time. Now we are fine. We have to see uh, how many games we have with injuries, no injuries, uh, COVID, whatever. So it's uh, quite complicated and then now it's just the beginning. So we have to keep going and be sure that we continue working the same way that we are working already. Rafa, we spoke to Andros Townsend on the back of his great
13: goal. You spoke to him on the pitch at the end of the game and he said you were being critical about his position.
18: I was just wondering, does that show that you haven't changed as a manager? (laughs) No, it's the only way to... When we talk about winning mentality and to be successful, you have to uh, try to improve everything. You know that the manager has to be always unsatisfied, so you have to try and try. And it's uh, what we have to do, to improve every single thing. If we can improve every player 5%, the team will be much better.
17: Rafa, congratulations. Could you just finish with giving Jamie some kind of praise because he's still carrying this weight all these years later?
18: (laughs) He's he's training. I am sure that he's training. And to be fair, he has had very good managers.
17: Lovely response. Congratulations, Rafa. Thanks for speaking to us. That does it for this edition of the Premier
1: League on NBC podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings, weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. Bye for now.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed?